Hi, this is Lucas Sachs. Welcome to the multimodal English 1010 project, the podcast on obesity, Coca-Cola, and the epidemic that is sweeping through our country and our world. All that and more coming up on the Multimodal Project Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Sachs. Stay with us. America is always known for being number one. Number one to the moon, they tried that. Number one in all the sports. Unfortunately, we clock in at number one in some unfortunate categories. One of them being obesity. Now, we all know the name Coca-Cola. Another number one that can be found in America. In fact, it can be found all around the world. This is the number one brand for soft drinks, reaching billions and billions of people every day. Coca-Cola has become a household name that you can find wherever you look. Any restaurant, cafeteria, vending machine, you name it, and Coca-Cola's there. Unfortunately, this can also be defined as a monopoly. Big business controls what we are able to drink and how many choices are available. Unfortunately, Coca-Cola does not give you another option for what to drink when you go to a restaurant. Unless, of course, you're a rational consumer and choose water. Well, Coca-Cola has been ingrained through generations of advertising and culture to be something that we pair with all of our meals. This has led to America being number one again, but this time it's in obesity. An astonishing one out of three adults in America is obese. This can be seen as an epidemic. Normally, we think of epidemics like the virus or the flu or a certain disease that comes all at once from a single source. However, this epidemic has been growing over time with the expansion of Coca-Cola as a company and an entity in our lives. Obesity is based on the amount of sugar and fat intake in one's diet 
and their overall body mass index. Obesity is usually caused by extremely unhealthy diets which are full of processed foods such as fast food and chips and candy and microwave food. But it is also incredibly influenced by what you drink. And these soft drinks that have become such norms in our society are one of the main causes of obesity because of their extremely high levels of sugar and chemicals that are bad, very bad for your health. Although these drinks are so unhealthy, Coca-Cola fights relentlessly to keep control of the market purely for financial benefit and does not seem to take responsibility for the health of its customers that it clearly knows it is affecting. For these reasons, the government which many argue is being controlled by Coca-Cola, should impose taxes on these drinks and bans that would drastically shift the obesity epidemic in America and slowly start making the citizens healthier, one step at a time. While we know that the goal of Coca-Cola is to have maximum profit, they are very much aware of the negative health consequences that their product has. This is abundantly clear in the way that Coca-Cola argues that physical activity off-puts the negative health effects found in their drinks and that that is a solution to continue drinking coca-cola as long as you keep working out now in the new york times article coca-cola funds scientists who shift blame for obesity away from bad diets by author anahad o'connor she outlines how Koch recruited a number of scientists to form this fake agency called the Global Energy Balance Network that has millions and millions of dollars pumped into it and uses its platform to promote the ideas that Koch wanted the public to see them with. They employed doctors to lie on behalf of the company and promote this idea that physical health completely off-puts the incredible negative effects of drinking Coca-Cola. Headlines that come out of the global energy balance network 
consists of things such as, are those french fries really the culprit? Dr. Steve Blair explains that you shouldn't believe everything you see on TV. Now this was in response to an ad campaign that was calling out Coca-Cola and its unhealthy components. A doctor by the name of Steve Blair was hired by the GEBN, Global Energy Balance Network, to off-put these claims by stating that you can't believe everything you see on TV and you should believe me because I'm a doctor. Well, with no reason to really question the information that they're hearing from this real doctor who is secretly being given millions and millions of dollars by Coca-Cola, many members of society who are less educated and not well informed on this they have no reason to to look farther into this. They are easy to manipulate and deceive. Coca-Cola disguises its promotion of this information through the GEBN front while simultaneously paying them millions and millions of dollars. For instance, according to the New York Times, the University of South Carolina declosed that Dr. Blair, who I mentioned earlier, has received more than $3.5 million in funding from Coke for research projects since 2000. The research he was really doing wasn't research at all. In fact, he was just continuing to spew the same information that Coca-Cola wanted their audience to hear. While they have also been paying Blair to speak at something by the name of ILSI, which stands for the International Life Sciences Institute, which holds conferences on obesity and claims to be a proponent of good health. In fact, he was one of only two scientists that was attending this concert annually. The other was named Dr. Hill. He was a professor at University of Colorado, and he was being paid $4 million to help with the GEBN with Blair. They both went to these ILSI conferences and spewed false information that influenced how governments implemented these health tactics into their education plans. Now, this strategy has been used by Koch numerous times. It's a form of lobbying that creates an image for the public that is seen as positive. It's like they want to help. Well, nowhere is more influential of Koch's power than when they are being threatened. In 2011, Mayor Michael Bloomberg of New York, he attempted, after seeing the terrible effects of what these sodas do and how people are becoming obese, he implemented a soda ban on soft drinks larger than 16 ounces. Well, this was 
quickly met with retaliation, which was described in Michael Grinbaum's article in the New York Times. Well, he stated that Coke poured millions of dollars into an ad campaign that framed the proposal as infringing on consumer freedom. Later, they retained the high-profile firm Latham & Watkins to challenge the limits in court. Now the case made it all the way to the Supreme Court before it was dismissed in the favor of the beverage companies, mainly Coca-Cola. According to the Cornell Journal of Law and Public Policy, government intervention in a market is warranted when market failures cause suboptimal consumption. What this means is, the government should in fact be able to intervene in a market when it is cons uh, causing consumers to make choices that are detrimental to their health and their long-term long finances. Many people choose soda because it will be the cheapest option and result in instant gratification. It tastes good. No one's lying about that. Can't argue with it. However, it will take a lot more money than the $1 you pay to buy a soda to pay for the diabetes that will result from your sugar intake in the future. This becomes a lifelong health battle that could eventually end in something as serious as death. Wow, that burden ends up being put on the city and the state, not Coca-Cola. Well, in the case of New York, which is one of the biggest cities in the country, more than half of the adult population, nearly 58%, and nearly 20% of public school students, kindergarten through 8th grade, are now overweight or obese, according to the Cornell Journal of Law and Public Policy. This directly translates to the financial burden put on insurance, customers, and taxpayers alike. Now, this shocking numbers just get worse. According to them, annual medical spending for each person who is obese totals $3,271, compared to the only $512 for non-obese. Additionally, the indirect cost includes decreased productivity, increased insurance premiums, and increased disability costs. As we see, drinking this soda and becoming obese, it's not only a personal effect, but it affects the entire city and its taxpayers. Now, New York is not the only place that has tried to intervene. In Mexico City, Mexico, which is one of the highest per capita consumption of Coke cities, sales of soft drinks dropped by 12% one year after the country passed a soda tax. 
Now, this shows us that the tax works and in that it is something that should be considered and it could really save lives. It truly is extremely, extremely beneficial to all people except for these businesses that are going to lose money from this. The revealing facts about drinking Coca-Cola were displayed in in a very in a in a very serious parody video made by the Center for Sciences in the Public Interest, which mocked a Coca-Cola advertising campaign that we all know that shows a bunch of polar bears having fun and drinking Coca-Cola. The video shows facts across the screen, such as an extra sugary drink a day increases a child's obesity risk by 60%. 60%. Not, not reading that wrong. And the sugars and acids in soda promote tooth decay. Millions and millions of people have done the, the project of leaving your tooth in a Coca-Cola bottle overnight and you, you come back and it's gone. That's something that we should not be ingesting into our bodies, at least not on a regular basis. The video continues to show the polar bear losing his teeth and eventually getting fat, not being able to run around and play with the little polar bear cubs, and having the, the, his leg amputated due to the complications from what is assumed to be diabetes, which is what happens after you become too obese and consume too much sugar. <laughs> well, unfortunately, not many people get to see this. According to an article on NPR.org, the food and beverage industry spent $22.3 million in 2018 alone on lobbying against ads of these sorts and 5.4 million by Coca-Cola and 2.8 million by PepsiCo, which may as well be the same company. Sadly, this is a trend we see over and over and over again. Coca-Cola spent $146 million on, quote, well-being scientific research, partnership, and health professional activities between 2010 and 2017, according to NPR, as well as the fact that they founded 95 national medical organizations in 2011 to 2015 which lobbied against 29 separate public health bills. If that doesn't read corruption, then I don't know what does. Clearly the company is trying to cover up something that has been laid out and is obvious to see once you put the facts together. These monopolies and soda companies that do not care about the health or the well-being of entire cities and countries are the reason that America has one out of three obese adults, and it's not slowing down 
anytime soon. They have no regard for over 40% of the U.S. population. These are serious health consequences that result in people's lives being drastically impacted and sometimes even death. Once again, these products should be regulated and taxed, and hopefully that will begin to make the country more healthy. As of now, nothing has been done, but the best we can do is call out these companies and try to make a change one step at a time. From the multimodal English project desk in my basement during quarantine, this is your host, Lucas Sachs, signing off.